Welcome to Negotiating Happiness, the show that helps you find happiness, success, and balance in your work and life. I'm Adriana Fierstra, your host for this journey into entrepreneurship and personal growth. We're broadcasting live on 107.7 and 105.3 FM in New Orleans as part of the United Public Radio Network. We explore the latest strategies, insights, and stories from successful entrepreneurs and experts. From managing stress to building a thriving business, we've got you covered. Good afternoon, everyone. This is your host, Adriana Fierstro, and you are tuning into Negotiating Happiness. We are live on 107.7 and 105.3 FM in New Orleans on the United Public Radio Network and UFO Paranormal Radio Network. Today, it is November 13th, and I am here with the wonderful Grace Baldwin. Hello, Grace. Hi, Adriana. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited that you're here today. Um, I haven't gone live actually in a couple of episodes, so I'm really hoping that um, people take notice and come into the comments for us. Amazing. I'm just going to send everybody a quick hey on all of our platforms. If you guys have any questions, please let us know. Grace is our GTM messaging consultant today, and she has so much wisdom to share with us. All right, so we are live. If you guys have any of the questions, I've started off the chat here. Please let me know. I just wanted to introduce everybody to Grace here. Um, so today um, we have Grace, a messaging consultant, copywriter, brand strategist, you know, like amazing person, you know, extraordinary Grace here. Um, we will dive into the entrepreneurial journey and branding landscape. Um, Grace will share insights on navigating the challenges of growing B2B brands, infusing creativity into technical topics, and the cultural influences from living in Holland that shaped her approach to storytelling in the world of enterprise. S-A-A-S. How do you say that, Grace? SaaS. Software as a service. Yeah. SaaS. I knew that. I knew that. I just had to double check. No, no, no worries. <laughs> I'm just being a goofball. This is normal for a Monday. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very much an industry term. So uh, yeah, yeah, of course, no worries. Perfect. See, I'm probably not the only one that didn't no, know that. No, definitely not. <laughs> I've seen it around. I've written it out a couple times, but I'm like, I just need to make sure. You know so, what? We, and uh, like snaps for you for, uh, you know, like asking the question. Totally, totally. I'm yeah. I'm that person. If I don't know, I'll ask you. <laughs> Which is something I appreciate about you. Yeah, I love it. I can't wait for everybody to meet you today. Um, I would describe you as a dynamic force in the world of copywriting and brand strategy. And since 2018, uh, you have been making waves in the industry, collaborating with exceptional enterprise B2B SaaS companies. And your expertise lies in transforming cold audiences into passionate brand evangelists, all while boosting monthly reoccurring revenue, which is MRR. I learned that yesterday as well is also another an industry term. term. Yeah. <laughs> um, Grace's passion for marketing is palpable and her love for telling compelling business stories is infectious. Beyond her professional pursuits, you'll discover Grace immersed in various endeavors from running through the woods and preparing for triathlons to crafting earrings and indulging in arrested development. <laughs> I love it. I love bringing entrepreneurs on this show that are not just a number on paper 
or purely driven by money or profits or, you know, I love it because it just shows the human side of it and, mm -hmm. you know, why we do all of this and why we put ourselves through so much stress. So yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I mean, entrepreneurship and starting your own business, it's, is not for the faint of heart. It's a lot of hard work, but I mean, you get to, totally. you know, you can watch Arrested Development at 4.30 in the afternoon on some days, which is it, it's great. worth it, you know? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I don't see a problem with that, you know? No, me either. <laughs> or, or if you're like me, you get to drive two hours every day to drop off your kid at daycare and you don't have a boss who is probably super mad at you. That's right? how long it so, takes you to, dro to drop them that. off at daycare? Yeah, because um, we just moved. So it takes okay, an yeah. hour there and an hour back. And then at four o'clock, I have to leave again to do an hour there, an hour back. So it kind of cuts my day really short, but it's only temporary. We did find him daycare actually about six minutes away from my new place, which I'm super pumped about. That's so nice. You can walk there when it's not cold. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And you know, it's so funny that you say that you're, you get to tell you you're so immersed in the European culture because everybody there walks everywhere or bikes or whatever. And here it's like, mm, it's Canada. It's like yeah. minus two degrees. It's not happening. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, yeah, so Grace, definitely. tell me a little bit about your background. <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. So um, tell me a little bit yeah, about little... your background. So where are you originally from? So I'm originally from Denver, Colorado in the US, but, and I went to university in Maine. And then while I was studying, I studied abroad in Amsterdam while I was in university just for, it was just for a semester. And then I ended up meeting a boy while I was there, uh, while I was in Amsterdam. And then I went love back it. To, I uh, went back. Uh, yeah, exactly. I went back to back to the US. I finished up my degree and then I moved back here actually in 2017. Um, and yeah, so when I moved here, I really I didn't have very many skills like I had done, I think, like a marketing internship in college, um, but didn't have like a lot of skills except for the ability to write. And so from there, I just kind of fell into this world of copywriting and content writing. And I spent my first year here. Um, freelancing just to, you know, pay the bills. I was writing thousand word articles about golden retrievers or about, um, you know, bathtubs for elderly people. And I did a lot about pest control at that time too. So I learned a lot about mm. that. Um, but yeah, then I found my way into like business to business B2B tech companies serendipitously through, um, I got an inch on offer for an internship at an ed tech company. And then that turned into a job at a retail tech company. And then I worked at a satellite tech company and I have been out on my own as an entrepreneur for the last year. And I've been, you know, between jobs, I was always freelancing. Um, but really for the last year, it's been a hundred percent on my own. Amazing. And how do you feel about that? It's crazy. It's actually like kind of a year, it's been a year since this week that everything kind of happened. Uh, and when I like, really made the decision to leave and start my own business. So it's a bit of a, like a celebratory week in that regard. Um, and which has been amazing. So it's been, it's been a wild year. I've learned a lot about myself. Um, but I, I'm, I've also just been surprised at, like, I did a lot of pre-work before this year and I've been really, I was, re I'm really thankful that I did that. Um, right. Right. But it's just been, you know, I mean, you're learning something new every single day. And I love, I've loved every single moment of it. Right. 
and congrats because a year is is a huge milestone when you know when you're putting all this like you know blood sweat and tears into your own business so i'm so happy to have you here and for you to share that with us um how so you 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 talked a little bit about how you kind of um fell into this whole b2b market um how how did your strategies change because obviously messaging and writing for um I guess, you know, from golden retrievers to recreational topics to, you know, a product or a service is very different. So what what strategies do you tend to employ to help businesses um, articulate their core messages? Yeah, that's a really good question, actually. Um, and the, the for the first couple of years, I was working in-house at different tech companies. And so it's, it gave me the time to really get to know the product. But I think that over the years, I've just kind of developed the skill of like figuring out, okay, I need to get a product demo. I need to listen in on sales calls to, un to understand the product because that's the first foundational part of it is getting to know the business and what they do. Um, and when I'm, you know, originally I started out doing copywriting, right? And so I originally just wrote the words on the website. But over the years, I've also moved more into messaging strategy because I realized I can't just write the words. I have to be involved in the messaging strategy because I need to know the product so well and like help shape it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's just been a slow progression over the over the years, but of all of my everything really changing from just doing the words and, you know, looking up YouTube videos about golden retrievers to now I'm actually helping really shape <laughs> messaging, which is uh, a different experience. Totally. And you basically have to immerse yourself in it, right, in order to be yeah. good at what you do. So there is definitely strategy there. Um, I feel like sometimes, unfortunately, I feel like sometimes copywriters don't get the flowers they deserve because people just tend to DIY a lot of this stuff. And maybe at the beginning it's okay, but then after that you kind of have to um, invest in it because it's so important, right? Definitely, so, yeah. And yeah, like you said, I, I it's think not it's just words. It's it's also the strategy and the you know positioning, and the, it's so much more than just the copy. Exactly. Yeah. Like you're caught the, the words on a website, you know, there's a website that you love, like take Apple, for example, like the words that they have on there are a direct results of months of messaging work in the background. And when you get to, if, when you do it properly, the words kind of write themselves, but you, there's a lot to consider before you even get to the blank Google document. Right. And it takes also a little bit of like psychology almost. Right. Yeah. The, you just, have to, it, like the persuasion te yeah, techniques. Um, but although I don't like to really think of it as persuasion at this point, but I, I think of myself as more like an educator than anything and helping people understand what a product is and why it may or may not be the right fit for them. Right. It's, it, I would, I guess when I first started doing, being in this digital space, I didn't even realize that conversion copywriting was a thing. So it's not just, it's not persuasion. It's more like, you need to be able to understand the problems, the solutions, and who the audience, like how the audience can relate to it, right? It's yeah. not some like trickery. It's just understanding what your what your client is looking for, right? Exactly. It's and and what and what the audience is looking for. So there's a lot of like customer research that you have to do. Um, yeah, right. just to be able to empathize with what people are going through and what you know what they're what kind of problems they're experiencing and what they've done to try and solve it. And That's how right. your like my client's product might help them in that process. Totally, totally. And 
how crucial do you think is a brand voice? Because obviously you go through campaign from to campaign from campaign. It's not going to be like, it's not one project and you're done. Right. So how crucial, like how does that translate into your future uh, work? You know, their brand voice. Yeah. Okay. That's a, also a good question. Cause that's, I think brand voice. And in my experience, it's something that gets kind of overlooked. And so that's a, in the last year, the way my business has evolved is that I do like, I'll review a company's positioning. So I'll help them with their positioning. I'll do the messaging, which is figuring out what you want to say in the first place. And then I'll help construct a brand voice that then helps bring that messaging to life in a way that like reinforces the positioning. So if you want to come off as like, if your position is that you're the easiest solution in the market, right? Your brand voice should be really easy to understand to, you know, subconsciously signal that you are a simple solution, you know, or if you, you know, for example, I had a client earlier this year that was an IT escrow company um, and they wanted to, they're introducing something completely new to the market, but they wanted to lean into the fact that they had 20, 30 years of experience in like, what is a very prestigious and um, like, it's a, it's an industry that's based on trust. You know, it's kind of like being a lawyer, right? The IT escrow companies are, yeah, trust you with their source code, right? So you have to come off as um, trustworthy. And so my client wanted to lean into that ex expertise and experience. So we had a bit more of an, like mature adult, not like mature in like a mature content kind of thing, but like an, a more yeah. adult academic, I think is the better word brand voice to reflect that. Um, yeah. And I think that so many companies for overlook the power of brand voice to, yeah, really make your message believable, I guess. Yeah. And, and stand out. A, yeah. And I find that a lot of people just end up flip-flopping. They don't really know what they want to sound like or who they want to attract because they've never gone through those exercises. Right. Yeah. Nobody's ever asked them those questions. They just say, can you sell this? Right. This is why what you do is so important because I feel like it sets a business up for future success as well, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And a lot, like I, the way I do it is I do a lot of documentation. I was just talking with a friend about this an hour ago too, about how documentation is so important because I've also been in situations where the strategy has been set, but then it wasn't documented. So I have to go and try and go through the whole process and figure out, you know, what is, what is the strategy, um, right. which then you're, it's kind of like playing telephone, right? Like you, the, the step you're kind of bits are getting lost in translation, the less documentation that there is and the more people there are that are involved in a process. Um, right. So yeah, like, the documentation of it's really important so that you can scale it. Right. And so who do you typically work with when you, when you onboard these brands? Yeah. Like, okay. So no like role wise, role wise in the company. So usually the, it, it, usually the like, VP of marketing or the director of marketing. That's like my main contact point. But then I will, for my enterprise clients, I will also almost always be talking to a sales leader um, because it's really important because the sales team is having, they have the most contact with the market because they're talking, they're on the phone all day with people um, and they're giving demos and everything and they're able to kind of respond to things faster. So it's important for me to be connected to sales. And then also product, because ultimately, you know, I write a lot of product marketing content, which requires, you know, I mean, I'm not an engineer or I'm not an ex extremely technical person, but I, so I need like a review of the, the content frequently from a product person so that to make sure that it's accurate 
and um, right. yeah, believable too. Of course, of course. And that's the beauty of it is you don't need to be an engineer. You don't need to understand the specs, but you need to understand how they play out in the whole process, right? Yeah, exactly. And just how to take it, take what's going on in the, in somebody's head and like turn it into something that other people can read. I think that that's really like the power of copywriting is being able to, yeah, it, it really scale up any kind of communications. That's right. That's right. So thinking about how you work with all these different roles, right? They're very different. Um, some are higher up than others. What are some of the challenges that you commonly encounter when you're working with um, especially growing brands, right? Like I know you're, you used to work with a lot of growing brands, like a lot of startups. What are some of the challenges that you encountered there? Yeah. So with startups specifically, you mean? Yeah. Just uh, somebody that's growing, that's not quite yet, you know, <laughs> matured in their, in their yeah. business. So, okay. So with like a pre product market fit company, so a company that's just getting started, you know, maybe they've, they found a bit, like they have a hunch, you know, they've got domain experts and they're building a product, but they haven't quite tested it. I think a mistake that I've seen is actually to not even do a basic messaging kind of guide. So I think a lot of companies in the smaller stages, they want to just have a website up, which I can understand. Like they want to have a website up. They want to start getting out there and getting market feedback because things will change everything, you know, I think something can change a month from now, right. For a small startup. Um, right. but having like a very basic messaging guide, which is something, you know, I've done, I had a client like this a couple months ago where I just did a message, like a one day, we're just going to put together a basic messaging guide just so that we have the documentation there so that we can have it in the future and then come back and say, okay, did this messaging work rather than, you know, forgetting what the original message was. Um, That's right. I think that that's a mistake, um, but it doesn't need to be anything too big. You know, it can be, it's something that, yeah, it can be done in a day, but it's just having the documentation there because otherwise you're going to get lost as you, you know, grow and scale and uh, bring on yeah. more people on your team and everything. Right. So you mentioned that you also work in days as well. So you don't just work on retainers. So you can help clients kind of figure out or have a plan in a day. I do. Yeah. I have a, I have a day option. If people like, if people want that, this is not, you know, to really like plug anything or anything, but I, that is there as an option. There are other people that do similar services too. Yeah. So I, the reason why I asked that is because I'm also kind of leaning into that and I'm finding that people are a lot more perceptive, um, especially these days where I feel like the economy is so uncertain. It's like people want to lean into these services, but sometimes they're hesitant if it's a long-term commitment. So from an entrepreneurial view, I'm seeing this a lot. Everybody I talk to, they're offering day reservations, kind of like we're, we can look at A to Z, but we might only get done, you know, D through F. Yeah. And that portion is done for you. And then you can kind of come back and continue this process if you're not going to engage for a long period of time or a, a big project right so I always say I don't want people to get discouraged from getting the help that they actually need because you're yeah. just going to end up wasting more time you're going to end up wasting more resources and you're going to bang your head against a wall because you are not like you're meant to focus on what you do best not all of these other pieces that we make you know come together so exactly yeah. It's and really, for your business, especially. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like setting up a system so that somebody can grow and scale, you know, and just have something like 
yeah, in place. It makes, it makes such a big difference. And for my clients too, just having something there is really helpful. And you know, being able to have, like provide something for people who need it or, and are looking for it right now, but who just don't have the budget is an amazing opportunity yeah. for us. And I just wanted to mention that even if you are a larger company that actually has departments and you have a marketing department, it doesn't mean that you don't need somebody like Grace because there's a reason why you're a messaging consultant, right? Your marketing department is like, I like to think of them as the doers, but the doers have to have a strategy and it has to come mm -hmm. from above as well not just you know amongst them there so this is kind of nice that you when you were explaining to me all the roles I saw you as like the middle piece that everybody is kind of helping feed information to and then you work directly with you know the people in marketing the people in the tech or whatever whatever it may be so to me this all makes sense it's just when I first started out I didn't even know that you're your job existed to be honest right so this is why i'm like let everybody know that this is a thing like this is yeah. helpful you know <laughs> no it's something that's i think growing and i think even you know i mean i've been doing this for like six years now and i think it's i'm starting to see it grow even more and more in within b2b and i think that it's going it's coming into other areas of the of, as well because because i think overall across the board markets are just getting more competitive and so like I like to think about like mattresses, for example, if you buy a mattress in a box, there's, I don't know, however many companies that are doing it, right? And how like you can compete on features, right? But eventually you're going to be competing on your messaging. Um, and uh, that's just gonna, ha right. it's just happening in, it's happening in tech, it's happening in SaaS, it's happening, I think it's just happening everywhere. Like you're having a solid message is really what helps you stand out. Totally, it's happening to us as well. There are so many, you know, OBMs and virtual assistants and all kinds of business consultants that, you know, I, I truly believe that there's enough for everybody to go around. I don't think we need to get to the point where we sabotage each other. This is not the space for that. And, um, but I, I truly believe it comes down to the messaging because you are not going, like you in general, in general you, are not yeah. going to be a good fit for every single person that needs services like yours. And that's okay, right? Like that's okay. You don't want to go through those challenges over and over again. You want to find the people that you can vibe with, that you can resonate with to, to do these things, right? That's the whole idea of being an entrepreneur is having so much more control over your own work, right? Exactly. That's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. And that's part of a journey that I've been on over the last probably two months or so. I kind of realized, like, you know, for, I was working with a lot of startups, but I realized that my, I'm a better, I'm a, I'm a better fit for bigger companies that have a product market fit um, that, you know, have like a, maybe a five person marketing team already in place. Right. Um, that's where I'm a better fit. And, but there are people who are awesome for the, you know, the smaller startups. And there's also people that are way better for the bigger companies. Um, it's just about like the service that you provide. Totally. And what makes and you happy. Yeah. Yeah. What makes you happy doing it? And also maybe, you know, Grace in a year, you might have a team. We don't know. So maybe then your market changes again. So it's, it's really good to be able to have these conversations and to, and even as a business owner to know who would be the best fit for your needs. Right. Yeah. Um, I had a question about products because I don't deal with products very often. So I'm excited that I have you here. Um, what strategies do you find most effective in not only showcasing a product's features, but also communicating its unique value proposition to potential clients? 
Yeah. So there is a woman, her name is April Dunford and she is really well known in my world of B2B software sales. Mm. Um, and she has a book, it's called, um, obviously awesome. And she's like known as the positioning consultant and she's did it. She worked, I think at IBM, like she's just a really an expert on positioning. Um, but she has a great book called Ooh. obviously awesome that has a 10 step, um, workshop it's it's her framework for how she how to go about positioning and i read it a couple years ago and i've been hooked ever since it's it's one of the best workshops i've ever experienced like experienced i've done it for myself i worked on it last week for my own business it's i put clients through it um and as part of the process you think about okay who are like what are our competitive alternatives um but you also think about like the features and how what actual value they bring and i see like features there's kind of a three step process for how you talk about them. First, you have to figure out, you have to explain what the feature does, right? Then you have to figure out right. the advantage of, or like what that like feature allows somebody to do. And so that's called the capability. Uh, and then you have to figure out what is the value created by that capability. And that's ultimately the value. A lot of people stop, they'll say something like, I'm trying to look around, you know, the water, my water bottle holds one liter of water, like as if that's a feature or as the value, but the value is that I can carry more water than, I don't know, a 500 milliliter bottle, or I can take, I can carry more water with me right. when I'm hiking to Yosemite, right? Or to the, yeah. Yeah. I, I, so funny that you say this because I've always, um, I've always had to stop and think about this. You're right. If we're leaving the client to assume what the value is, then you're not actually communicating it properly. So while it's yeah. true that your water bottle holds one liter, what you're saying is actually you can just carry more than the leading brand over here, right? So that's yeah. such a, that thought, this is why you need somebody who's a wordsmith because they understand all well, of this. Well, it's not right? even, it's not even the wordsmithing because the wordsmithing comes in at that third level where you think about, and that's where it just gets more, the messaging gets more interesting because you can say, I don't know, you can take more water with you. Like that's the benefit. But then the value is if you're hiking, you can take it with you if you're hiking in Yosemite or, you know, you're going to take your kids to the beach, for example, for the full day. Like those are two different use cases. So then you can figure out, okay, what audience do I have? What language are they going to react to the best? Like what what's going to resonate the most with them? And um, that's when it get, you get to actually have fun and play with the writing and become more illustrative with your work. And yeah, just... Start be creative. Having, be creative. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. yeah you awesome. It's the blend of the art and science. That's right. Yeah. I've just posted here a comment from one of our viewers. Hello, Marinella. How are you? Thanks so much Hi. for tuning in. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. Just remember, you guys can send us questions and we will do our best to, um, to address them. Yeah. I mean, the, obviously, this is the whole, uh, the whole part of it is creativity, right? Mm -hmm. So what, what can you tell us about um, future trends and future insights into like the industry? What, what kind of changes do you see coming? Yeah, so my personal belief, you know, and again, who's to say that this is right, but my, I really think that, and I think we've kind of been talking about this, but I think that brand is mm -hmm. going to become way more important um, in the world of B2B. Um, and not in like a like B2B companies, they don't need to lead all into like e-commerce style branding, right? Where it's 
I don't know, you don't need to get kind of cute and kitschy with it. But I think that having a strong brand and strong messaging is really going to help people stand out because the costs of development are plummeting. So it's really, it's a lot easier to build products. Um, And also just, I mean, the the world globalizing even like more and more, right? It's just becoming easier to have competitors from anywhere else in the world. Um, And Yeah. And, you know, if you if you've been building something for, I don't know, 10 years, you have a decade of experience. Right. But you also have a decade of tech debt and it's becoming it's not quite easy, but it's becoming easier for someone to come in and you know basically copy your product. And at that point, they don't have that tech debt. You know, they're maybe a bit more agile than you are. And if you don't have a strong brand and they do, then you can start losing um, opportunities quickly. Um, So that's why I think that, that. Yeah. That's amazing. I never thought yeah. about that. I never thought about how everybody is keeping up because we tend to think about those, you know, like Apple and Microsoft and, you know, they're backed by so many funds. I doubt these are the brands that would worry about tech debt, right? It's it's the smaller brands that probably have a really good product, but if they are not showcasing it, you're right. The next person can just use some AI, some very intuitive, you know, platform to kind of already, you know, in a year, they're halfway done what the previous brand did in 10. So yeah. it's wild. And like, I'm, I'm no mean, I'm by no means a developer, right? Like I, 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 I have no leg to stand on in that, but um, I, I do know, I, I have worked with clients actually that are, you know, they're outsourcing to development agencies to uh, build products, which is amazing. It's amazing that it's becoming so much easier for someone with a great idea to start building a product um, and one that looks really great and look that works really well. Um, but it also, it just means that if you want to remain competitive, you need to like start thinking about your branding a bit more, which is fine. Right. Which yeah. is fine. It's, a, yeah, it's no, an amazing just, opportunity. I, yeah. Yeah, I love that you have those kinds of insights from working with all these different brands. Would you say that you work mainly with brands maybe in the States or in Europe or is it like a mix? Where, where's your, where are your clients? <laughs> um, primarily, the, yeah, a lot of the U.S. and Europe. Um, I've had some clients in Asia um, and South America too. So really all, all over the place, but primarily the U.S. and Europe. That's where... From, in terms of time zones, it works out easier for me to communicate uh, ideally with Europe uh, and the U.S. And um, yeah, so th- that's just really like my, you know, space. But there are no limits is what you're saying, which is amazing. There's no right? there's no limits as long as people are OK working asynchronously. I mean, people have to be OK working asynchronously, asynchronously to work with me anyway. But uh, there are not limits. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, So we're just about halfway through here. So I'm just going to do a quick station intro. Uh, For those of you just tuning in, you're listening to Negotiating Happiness. And I'm your host, Adriana Fierstro. And we are live on the United Public Radio Network and UFO Paranormal Radio Network on 105.3 and 107.7 FM in New Orleans. And if you wanted to check out some of our other shows, some of our other shows happen to be on Roku TV as well. So sit back, relax, and watch some TV. And I am here today with the wonderful Grace Baldwin. She's a GTM messaging consultant. She was just telling us about future trends and um, who um, who she usually works with in terms of her clients. But if there are any, you know, aspiring um, consultants or even starting out as copywriters, please feel free to leave us um, comments 
we will try and get to them on the show. If not, we'll get to them after too. So feel free. <laughs> <laughs> so what what does your day look like? Like what let's dive into this whole why this is the best thing you've ever done for yourself. <laughs> yeah, why entrepreneurship? Yeah. yeah. So I every day looks a little different. I try and work out in the mornings. It's been a little bit less successful because it's now dark and cold and rainy in the mornings, but I try and go to the gym or go for a run in the mornings. And then I usually spend my mornings working on my own business, which is fun. Um, you know, today I spent, I spent the day like working on some branding stuff and thinking about, you know, some message, some of my own messaging. Um, and then in the afternoons I do like client stuff normally. And then on front, like that's client stuff as Tuesday through Thursday. And then on Fridays, I'll either do a VIP day or work on my own stuff or take the day off, which is really nice. Um, yeah. And then mon Mondays, I, Mondays, I do like bigger business stuff for myself. So like bigger strategic stuff. Yeah. This is the dream. The dream, right? Yeah. Oh, we've got we've got somebody on Twitch saying hi. Hello, DKIX. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Um, that's amazing. I do that too, right? Where I take some time usually on Mondays, aside from the show, when I do some business things, it's so great. And you're like describing what makes you happy and what you do with your routine. You're like the gym really early in the morning. And all I can think of is, oh my God, not for me. Thank you. <laughs> I've started going <laughs> in the afternoons though. Lie. Yeah. No, no, it's a, I, I'm not going to like, I'm not going to lie and say winter hibernation has like started to set in and I have been tracking my sleep and I'm like sleeping nine hours at night. And because I clearly need it. I don't know. Something when when it starts getting dark at 4 30 in the afternoon, like man, I need more sleep. So yeah. it's been harder right now. But uh yeah. yeah. You know, you know me, and I like some of the woo-woo things. And oh girl, me too. Said, somebody said something and it made so much sense to me. It's like even mother nature slows down in the winter. So why do we feel like we have to go, go, go? And that's why you need nine hours of sleep because you're like, Oh my God, you've been going for the last eight months. Like chill, you know? Chill. Yeah, exactly. It's time there. to slow down, relax a little bit, be cozy. Yeah, exactly. Just enjoy, enjoy the winter. You know, yeah. that's something over the last couple of years, I've tried to like lean more into the seasons and uh, just embrace it a bit more. Totally. Totally. So it's, it's really great that, you can do that as an entrepreneur. There's just so many yeah. benefits and everybody that says, well, it's so risky. I'm like, please, your job is risky too. You just don't know it because you're not the owner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a lot, there's a lot of risk involved in it. You know, I mean, I've been laid off twice um, from, jo from jobs and um, yeah, you know, like entrepreneurship, if you're, if there is obviously risk involved and there's, there can be a lot of risk, but I think a lot of people, maybe make it seem more risky than it actually is, or, which is understandable. Benefits, There's fear, you know? Yeah. Sure. But I think the benefits outweigh any of the risks because the risks are actually pretty normal for, you know, being employed as well. Yeah. So I don't know. You can't convince me otherwise. I've, I've said I'm never <laughs> going back. <laughs> this is it for yeah. me. I'm never going back. <laughs> I would never, I'm never going to say never, you know, my, I, the times that I've been in-house have given me a lot of empathy for my clients and I've, I've grown a lot from those experiences, but for right now, I'm, I mean, I'm really happy where I am. And I think that for my, me personally, I make the greatest impact and I'm a, the most happy when I'm outside rather than inside you know like I, I feel like I can move the needle more as a consultant than and 
you know, like I'm, just as a service provider, it makes me happier to just come in and like do something for people rather than having to the the day day after day of the recurring meetings or um, these like projects that take yeah, I guess more internal navigation than just being on the outside. Right. I was right. thinking about this the other day. I have significantly fewer meetings now than I used to, which is nice. <laughs> which is great. Yeah. You know that, you know, those memes that, oh, this was yet another meeting that could have been an email. I yeah. totally get it. I totally get it. Yeah. Um. So how, so you're living in Holland. How has that influenced you as an entrepreneur? Do you find that, that there are different um, opinions or different attitudes towards entrepreneurship there? Um, so it's funny that, so someone else that we, we both, that we both know recently told, you know, she, we, she recently gave me like we, she recently told me something, gave me a compliment and she said, you're very direct uh, and to the point, which is something that I've definitely inherited from my adoptive country. Um, <laughs> because I mean, coming from the U S like, I think American culture is much less kind of to the point, but I've become more just focused and saying, okay, this either works or this doesn't, I've become much better at being diplomatic about it. But so that's something that has right. influenced me, but I think a big thing here, and this was both working in-house and um, externally is the idea of work-life balance is really different here. Um, and the here, what I really appreciate with the Netherlands is like working overtime is seen as being inefficient rather than seen being seen as like you're going above and beyond. If you, the general cultural attitude is if you can't get your work done in eight hours, then something is wrong. And that's something that I've taken with me. Um, because I you love shouldn't that. Be, yeah, I had, it was a hard, like I had to deprogram myself because I'd always grown up thinking, okay, I have to work overtime. You know, I have to be the first person in the office and the last person to leave. And I mean, I, my first manager literally said, I want you here for eight hours and then I want you to leave and not think about work. Yeah. And, you know, I think this is strictly a North American thing um, because I've worked in Scotland as well. And it was the same thing. If you were maxing out your like overtime, which was so funny, we used to work 35 hours a week yeah, or 30 or 32, something like that. And, and no, 35, yeah, 35. So if you were, you know, maxing out this whole like 40, 42, like, they would say like, yeah, we'll give you the time, but like, why, why yeah. are you like, why are you there? You're not supposed to be there, but here it's just like, Oh, like you have to do this for your career, blah, blah, blah. You know, and recently I've been watching this series. Um, she's a creator on TikTok, and I totally forgot the name of it, but she was presenting an interview that she had with the CEO who happens to be from the baby boomer generation. And mm -hmm. she was presenting to her the four day work week. And it was like, they were speaking different languages to each other, just completely missing each other. Whereas the Gen Z, you know, creator said, well, I can take the day and do something else for myself. I don't, I can get my work done in four days because of yeah. X, Y, Z platforms. And, you know, we're more efficient, we're faster, we're, you know, we're more equipped to deal with the large amount of information that comes in. And the CEO, the baby boomer generation mm -hmm. 
what would say, but what are you doing to advance your career? And the Gen Zers say, you're assuming that I want to advance my career, that I'm somehow not happy doing the work that I'm doing, right? And it just kind of hit that not, you know, I knew that not everybody was the same, but somebody verbalizing that to me was like, oh, so you mean we have to adapt to other people's expectations? That's wild because not everybody. So just because you're a good business person or just because you're good at your job does not make you a good people manager. And I see this all the time. And I always have like this fear, like if I'm scaling, if I'm working with people, I hope I'm not that person, you know, yeah. that everybody says that about. But it was just so fascinating to see the talk about the four day work week and how foreign it is. But then in Europe, you have like six weeks of paid vacation a year that's legislated. And you've got, you know, like, why are you working overtime? Why are you not taking your vacation? I still know people here in Canada that still don't take all of their vacation days. And we only have two weeks legislated. Yeah. So yeah, here, I think the legislature, you have to have 21 days off, which, so it's not that generous in terms, I think by European standards, but most companies will give you, I think I had like 28 days off for, if I was working full time, but at my previous company, I worked, I had a four day work week, actually. I was one of only two people in the company. Um, and it made such a big difference on my like positive impact on my overall happiness. And it's something that I can't do it as much now because I mean, I own my own business. Like I have more responsibilities or like I have to, you know, bring in yeah. the revenue. Um, yeah. but it was, um, it was shocking how much happier it made me, uh, to have an extra, cause I feel like your weekends, you need one day to rest one day to do errands and one day to see people kind of thing. Uh, yeah. And which we don't have right now. No, no, absolutely no, not. No. Yeah. We have, um, we have statutory holidays. So that's like an extra, yeah. I think almost 10 a year. So 10 plus the two weeks, I guess would be the same. It would yeah. be like 24 days or whatever, but it's just not the same. Like when yeah. you have six and a half weeks legislated, you know, in Europe, it's kind of like, night and day and all those overtime hours that you pull, pull in nobody expected you to do those out of your own time or to show that you're going above and beyond i'm putting quotes in here for anybody listening because it's such an odd concept it was they will give you a day in lieu each month if you got mm-hmm. to that amount of hours which would then mean that you get an extra 12 days a year okay right and i'm like oh no no that's what some people have total this is not like the bonus day this is yeah they have it's so wild to see that but now that you have a little bit more control over your schedule and you have a little bit more autonomy in how you work how do you choose to spend your time outside of the business like what makes you happy I want to know about all of the fun and wonderful things that you do um well Lately, for the last eight months, it's been thinking about marathons. I just ran the Chicago Marathon, which was my second marathon. Um, so that took up in September, on August, September, and October, it took up all of my energy uh, <laughs> because it was just so much time spent. Run- I mean, I would spend hours running at a time and like thinking about, I had to travel, travel all the way to Chicago, thinking about my nutrition plan. Um, but so that was a big one. And then since I've, I got back to the Netherlands two or three weeks ago, and since then I've been kind of hanging out uh, and fig- I'm planning for the next one. Um, but Ooh, going, to, that? going to the gym. 
So I'm signed up for a half marathon in the spring and I have entered the lottery to get into Berlin, the Berlin marathon next uh, September. So, and if I don't get into Berlin, I'm going to try and go for the New York. And if I don't get into New York, then I think I will do the Loch Ness. So in Scotland or yeah. go to go to the back to the U S and go to do the Marine Corps marathon. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Have yeah, you been so, to Loch Ness yet? Where? Have you been to Loch Ness yet? No, I haven't been to Scotland actually. So I really want to go see it. I've been watching Outlander and like <laughs> so it makes me want to go there. Yeah. If you like if you love running through the woods, that's like a perfect sort of um outdoorsy person's country. I loved living in Scotland. I did it for two years and I've been to Loch Ness, but that's so funny. Like, are you guys running around? the lake or like, I think it's just like a, a loop around the I think it's a loop around the lake so it's a road race it's not a trail race but uh um like yeah I think I think it's just I don't know I, I don't know off the top of my head I would have to look it up but it's on the roads there but it looks really beautiful yeah. it's beautiful it's green all the time because it's super rainy there but it's it's amazing yeah yeah um oh we've got a comment here D kicks on Twitch. I love Saturdays because I have a day off tomorrow, but Sundays can be a bit less happy because work is just around the corner. Exactly. That's what we're saying. You need another day to decompress and exactly. kind of have a breather, see your yeah. friends. And then Sunday you can just kind of gear up to, you know, meal plan and, you know, eat better and whatever else and kind of yeah, reset for the better. Yeah. yeah. Like wipe your slate clean and like prepare for the next day, you know? Yeah. Like wash the sheets, for example, or yeah, meal yes. prep, all, all this stuff, you know, yes. that takes up a day. Clean the house. Yeah. yeah. Or if you just want to take a day to just completely like lose yourself in your VR game, then that's what you do. Right. Yeah. Like it's exactly it depends on what everybody's into. That's not me, but I'm also not a gym person. So for me, it's more <laughs> like I love being around my friends, whereas some people get drained socially. I just feel like I recharge my batteries. So when I leave being with my friends, I am noticeably happier. Yeah. So that would be me. That would be like, let's do something. Or I guess in true mom chaos fashion, it's like, let's just get the children together to destroy one place instead of exactly four, rather right? than Our two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I just never thought about supervise. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just supervise. Or the best is like in the summer, because you just take them to a park and you just go, go. You're go free. have fun you know yeah it's like a like a dog you know at the dog park yeah <laughs> yeah and every so often they'll come back because they need treats so yeah <laughs> yeah i know that's my that's my like idea of you know having a a balanced weekend it doesn't always happen but yeah but it's beautiful yeah. that you have like the ability to create that you know and you can design your business the way that you want to and that we're all we're all working towards that you know Totally. And I mean, there's, there's things that work, there's things that don't work. And that's why we're all here to kind of learn from each other. And I've always said this, like, I want this to be a space where everybody feels free to share or to ask questions. I hate it when people gatekeep things that don't even make sense in gatekeeping. It's like, you should be happy when people succeed because it means they're making a path for you to succeed as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or it, or it means like if you were the one who's creating a path, you know, you, if other people are succeeding, it's because of work that you did. Right. Or you, yeah. Like what you were saying, somebody to the right of you is 
creating a path. I don't know. You're just creating different paths and overall right. it's a beautiful thing. Right. And again, going back to what you were saying earlier about having competition, like it's not competition. It's just different ways of doing things. Right. And you're going to find great fits for the way that you do things. And then you can have somebody else who you can refer bad fit stuff to or stuff that's a better fit for that person. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. Exactly. Exactly. The other day I read a I read so, something the other day, sorry, just kind of on this topic, but I read yeah, something the other I, day that was like, no professional anything is going to make fun of somebody or gatekeep anything from somebody who's just starting, right? Like no professional tennis player is going to make fun of you for trying to learn tennis. No professional soccer player is going to, you know, judge you for trying to start playing soccer, right? Like the professionals and things don't gatekeep and they don't right. block people from joining, they're just excited about that, that other people no, are coming to join in and experience it. Not at all. That's right. That's right. And I say this too. Sometimes I do get DMs sometimes from VAs who have questions in, sometimes it's an overwhelming amount of them, but I mm -hmm. would never block them from seeing the content or getting the resources or on my website. It's just sometimes you don't have time and that's okay. Yeah. But when you go out of your way to like, hide or just be kind of you know a child about things and that's when we're like the entrepreneurial stage is not for you or at least not my kind yeah <laughs> right so yeah um we have a couple of minutes left here and just want you to tell us about any upcoming projects that you might have or if you've got a resource that you people you want people to check out i've been putting here on the banner guys if you want to check out grace's website it's heygracebaldwin.com um, I'm going to paste it in the chats as well. So you have it there for a direct link if you're listening to it later. But tell us, Grace. Yeah. So right now I'm working on actually a new brand voice offer. So I've been taking a, I'm calling it a brand voice apprenticeship. Um, it, you know, I think it's technically built as a course, but it's really, it's more like a seven week, really intensive um learning like learning experience with somebody who is really a master of brand voice and so i'm relearning re or not relearning but like leveling up my brand voice skills and abilities um yeah. but sorry i'm getting I just got a little distracted by the comment but that so that's yeah. mostly what i'm work mostly what i'm working on is like improving my brand voice skills so that i can create more comprehensive and better messaging strategies for my clients which is amazing yeah so i um i want you to come back on next next year to tell us what's new then because it seems like you have so much going on and we want to hear about it uh, i would love to come back on adrian this has been so fun. <laughs> yeah it's such an easy conversation right if you're yeah if you're us yeah um so the quote that you got distracted by so sorry it just kind of appears huge on the screen here yeah <laughs> we've got d kicks from twitch again so this reminds me of a quote by einstein quote, everybody's a genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life believing that it is stupid, end quote. Yeah, that is 100% right. We all have our um, areas of genius, and we don't all have to, you know, be good at everything. This is why you have people like Grace can do things for you in your business or for your brand that you might not necessarily be really good at, but you might also be really good at the service that you do offer or the product that you are developing, right? So this is exactly it. It's a very good quote. Thank you, DKX. Yeah, thank you, DKX. One of my favorites. I love that one. 
Yeah, no, it makes it makes total sense. And it works in real life too, not just entrepreneurship. Not that it's no. fake life, but you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> in personal life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It feels like in real life because you're not staring through a computer. Like I do all of my work mostly yeah. remotely, right? So exactly. Like, and sometimes it's... Exactly. And like as an entrepreneur, you're so directly connected to your business. Like a lot of your personal growth... Yeah, when you prioritize personal growth, you also see business growth. Um, so, but it can sometimes be hard to separate, okay, this is real life versus business life. Um, That's so right. That, yeah. Just one of the challenges of it. Yeah. And I mean, we're all still learning, so that's great. Um, yeah. Any last bits of wisdom for maybe copywriters that are trying to follow in footsteps very similar to yours? Um, yeah, I mean, I would say, you know, like I really got my start working through the copywriter clubs, uh, the, through all of their pot, their podcasts and all of their content and courses and everything. And then uh, copy school. So those are just two amazing resources. And I don't know, I guess if you are interested in copywriting and you really want to grow your career, um, yeah, just, I think the best advice I've ever gotten is like, just remember to have fun with it too. Yeah, because it's definitely a creative industry, right? Yeah. So that's awesome. And yeah, it's like for a long you time, I'd like. To... Go ahead. Can, you can. Oh, I was just going to say, like, for a long time, I kind of. I, I focused too much on like the trying to be professional and blah, blah, blah. And then a friend of mine just told me, you know, you also have to remember to have fun with it. And it's like my life has just gotten better and my copy has gotten better. It is a creative pursuit, um, it is a business, but it's also we get uh, we're fortunate enough that we get to have fun with it it's if it doesn't have personality it might as well be a you know a result of chat gpt prompt because that's what it feels like right yeah. so you have to have personality when you're writing again don't get me wrong i love ai but there are a lot of different um things with writing that they're just not up to par with somebody that is you know real human and has valid feelings and tone and thoughts this is it's not the same thing and that's yeah it's a lot exactly of technical what, yeah and this is exactly what differentiates you know a, a piece or you know messaging you know written by a person an expert that does this versus something that chat gpt spit out in two seconds right yeah so. well chat gpt can't do, it can't do the strategy part of it and that's that's you know, the copy is a result of the strategy. And I mean, ChatGPT can be did some amazing things. I use it for research and helping me write stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it, it can't replace that human emotional connection. So no, I it, think it's a if, great you tool. Like, if you like ChatGPT, you would love Jasper, jasper.ai. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm actually going to get started with it. One of my clients uses it internally and I'm going to build out their brand voice guide in there so that, and their style better. guide. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I just haven't clicked. I haven't played around with it. Yeah, it's way better. I really, I really like it. ChatGPT is really good and quick. Uh, with mm -hmm. Jasper, you have to have a little bit more input. It's not just like a prompt. Um, but I love it. I love it. I'm definitely. I've heard good guy. things about Claude too, but it's not available in Europe, so I haven't mm -hmm. been able to play around with it. Yeah. No, we don't have it here. I don't think. But thank you so much. This has been amazing. Um, no, thank you so much, Adriana. Uh, again, this was come so back fun. Next year, or maybe sooner, but then again, it is November. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad we were able to, to make it happen. And thank you to everybody in the comments as well. Um, you guys always make it a little bit more fun. Um, so um, 
Thank you to everybody at the United Public Radio Network uh, and UFO Paramount Radio Network for allowing us to have this platform. Um, and again, thank you everybody for tuning in. We will see you next week. Yes.